Hello and welcome back to this Cars to Your Beautiful Purpose. I am your host, Zari Cox. Um, I hope everyone is doing well and as I love to say, uh, staying prayed up and staying safe and staying healthy. I am doing yet another episode um, live from, well, it's not live, but pre-recorded from Chicago, Illinois. Um, for me, the new place to be. Um, and so I am so happy to be back sharing with you the word of God, sharing with you what God has placed in my heart. I get really excited about when I get into the word and I dive in and I share with you. And um, it's really, really exciting for me and continuing on with um, understanding the purpose and power of prayer. Um, I know a lot of people are fearful, like if you watch the news, there's so many different things that are happening that are coming from all directions and sometimes we get um, depressed and frustrated because we're hearing so many different things. I would say to you, uh, keep your eye focused on God. Keep your focus on Him. Um, he gives you the peace that you need. And, you know, we have to trust Him that everything will be okay. Um, that He has our back and He will never leave our side. Um, so, those are the words um, of encouragement I want to share with you today. I want to let you know that you are not alone. Um, God is with you. You invite him to come and stay with you and dwell with you and talk to you. And you can talk to him. Um, open that dialogue and build on that personal relationship with him. If you haven't started, um, do so now. Now is the perfect time to do so. I know that, you know, there's a lot of things, like I mentioned before, that are happening um, not only in America, but around the world in different countries and different places. And sometimes there's things that you're dealing with personally that you don't share with other people. I want to encourage you today. Um, be strong and um, ask God to give you that strength and let him actually be your strength, right? Because I love to say that as well. He is my strength. And so let him be your strength. Let him um, guide you and you know, talk to him. He wants to hear from you. Sometimes, you know, you wake up during the night, any time of the night, you know, and sometimes you wonder why are you awake? Um, maybe you're thinking about something else, but I think those moments are when God is like, okay, I know that you're busy. I know that you're running around doing your own thing, but I want to dwell with you now. I want, I'm here. Talk to me. And so I find that for myself, when I get the junk to come out of my sleep at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I know that God is saying, come talk to me. And so I, I, as much as that sleep would be in me, I talk to him, you know, and um, I wait to hear what he says to me. And I love that relationship. And I love building on that relationship. It is the, it's the most, one of the most important, it's the most important thing in my life right now because uh, I've learned a lot, I've dealt with a lot, I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot, I've experienced a lot, and I know that there's, he is one, he's the, the sure thing, you know, everybody else could be like, he's skeptical about things, skeptical about things and um, all the other stuff, but he is, he is it, like there is nothing else 
compared to him and compared to the relationship that you built with God. It's, it's really, really important. So continuing on where I talked about, um, you know, about Jesus a lot, where he reclaimed mankind's earthly authority, right? Christ accomplished our redemption and reclaimed our earthly authority as a result of his being the second Adam, right? It is crucial for us to remember that. Um, Jesus came as a man, thus he has he was qualified as a representative of earthly authority. He um, was perfectly obedient and sinless. He was qualified to be the son of God and to restore man's relationship with the Father by overcoming sin and death through his sacrifice on the cross. He rose victoriously. He was qualified to defeat sin and Satan. Right? He regained authority over the earth and be, you know, and, and be the earth's rightful king. He transformed, he transferred that authority to us who believe. And if you believe, you have the authority, right? And like I've been talking for weeks now about um, uh, the authority we have, uh, what God has given to us, the authority of prayer. Right? And so it's important to remember that there's a vital relationship between redemption and true prayer. The position and authority that Jesus won have been transfer transferred back to mankind through spiritual rebirth in Christ. And you can see that in John 3, 5. Those who believe and receive Christ have their relationship with God and their authority on earth restored. Because of Christ, we can live again as true sons and daughters of God with all the rights and privileges associated with being his offspring. Prayer is both a right and a privilege of redeemed man who is now in a position to enter fully into a relationship of love with God and to agree that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See Matthew 6.10 for that. It is God's will that every person be redeemed and rule the earth through the spirit of Christ. It is true mankind that God desires to reveal his character, nature, principles, precepts, and righteousness to the visible world. Right? This is an eternal plan. It applies to our present lives on earth and it will apply throughout eternity. Remember that it was never God's intention that man would live and work in heaven. He was created for earth because of the fall. Our spirits will now separate from our bodies at death. And the redeemed will go to be with God in heaven. Yet God made us a promise. He said that when we come to the head office, which is heaven, we will stay there only for a while. There will come a day when our bodies will be resurrected and rejoined with our spirits so that we can continue to rule in the new earth God will create. 1 Corinthians 15, 43-44 and 51-53. Also in Isaiah 65, 17. In the book of Revelations, God speaks of thrones and of her reigning and ruling with him on earth. You can check out um, Revelations 5, 10, uh, 24, verses 6. 22 to 5. Again, God isn't going to raise you from the dead just to live with him forever. He's going to raise you so that you can get on with your work, your calling with Jesus. They will reign 
you're calling with Jesus, sorry. And, and, and so that is why scripture says that we will reign with Jesus. They will reign forever and ever. Revelations 22, 5. Reign means what? To have dominant, to administrate. Therefore, as we live and work in this fallen world today and in the future, when we will live and reign with Jesus, the commission from God is the same. Let them rule over all the earth. Genesis 1 through 26. Now man's redemption allows him to have dominant. Our redemption allows us to have dominant. Many believers could not be described as having dominant in the sense of making a meaningful contribution to furthering the kingdom of God on earth. What prevents us from doing this? Often it is because we do not recognize or accept our calling and authority which we have received in Christ. We, don't know, we do not know our rights based on the new covenant. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything from, for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6. I believe that our fear of being proud or presumptuous along with our lack of acceptance of our worth in Christ that kept us in bondage and robbed us of the reality of his finished work on our behalf. How slow we have we have been to act on what we are in Christ. Yet he wants us to use what he has made available for us through redemption. For example, because the church has not understood the true nature of humility we have been taught for so long and so persistently about our weaknesses, our lack of ability and our unworthiness that we hardly dare to affirm what God says we are, a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 We are afraid that if we do, people will misunderstand us and think we have become fanatical. Yet the scripture says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God. This is not something we have made up. It is not presumptuous on our part. It is from God. Therefore, we don't have to be afraid to say it and live and to live in its wonderful reality. The Spirit has declared what this new creature entails. It includes everything that we are in Christ. Ephesians 1 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Who are we in Christ? We are the redeemed. Again, this is not just a philosophy or an opinion. This is the Father's description of who we are in his Son. The second Adam redeemed mankind. Therefore, not only are we a new creature, but we also have redemption that is literal and absolute. What does this redemption mean to us? Satan has no authority over us. He is the prince of darkness and he became the god of this world when we successfully when he when he successfully tempted Adam and Eve to reject God's ways. Yet through Christ we have been delivered from Satan's dominance out of the realm of darkness. That is why even though we continue to live in a fallen world, we do not belong to it. We belong to God's kingdom. He has rescued us from the dominant of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. 
but you are, you know, chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Because we have been delivered from Satan's dominion, he no longer has authority over us. Rather, we have authority over him in the name of Jesus. Sin has no authority over us. Christ has also delivered us from the dominant and power of this and power of sin. Sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. Romans six fourteen. The Bible says that when we have repented of our sins and believe in Jesus as our substitute and representative, we are in Christ. Second Corinthians five seventeen. We are the righteousness of God in Him. Since he is sinless, we also are free from sin. We may not appreciate or appropriate this fact, but it is still true. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned and that, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life to Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 20 through 21. Therefore, because of redemption, sin no longer reigns in our lives, grace does. We have authority through Jesus' name. Our redemption has also given us authority in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus clearly stated, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. John 14, 12 through 14. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. John 16, 23 to 24. A major principle regarding our authority and power in prayer is our right to use the name of Jesus. We will, you know, later on, Looking to that, I am going to go into details about that because I'm doing this whole series about understanding the purpose and power of prayer. I am breaking down everything that I know and we are going to go through it step by step. So later on, um, I'm going to share with you the major principle that's, that regards to our authority and power um, in prayer and that it's our right to use the name of Jesus. We have access to the Father through Jesus' name. The authority of Jesus' name gives us access to our Heavenly Father, our right to approach the throne of grace with confidence. Hebrews 4.16 brings us the delight of a restored relationship with God. Yet, this essential aspect of prayer also enables us to agree with the Father and His purposes and to ask Him to fulfill His word as He meets our needs and the needs of others. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. John 16, 26 to 27. We have authority through the word. God's presence, power, and unlimited resources are available to us in the name of Jesus. Yet, Jesus' name isn't a magic word we use to get what we want. We must pray according to God's will. 
which we find in his word. Jesus said in John 15, 7, If you remain in me and in my word, and my word remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. The backbone of prayer is our agreement with God's word, our oneness with Christ, who is the living word, and our unity with God's purposes and will. Power in prayer is not based on emotions, it's not based on feelings or the theories of men, but upon the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1.23 His word is guaranteed of answered prayer. God is asking you to bring him his word, to plead your covenant rights. We are not to pray to God in ignorance, but as partners in his purposes. Prayer is joining forces with God, the Father, by calling attention to his promises. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 The New King James Version expresses it in this way. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Since approaching the promises of God is another major principle with regard to our authority and power in prayer, we will be taking, you know, a closer look at this principle in a later on, right? I have created this whole entire series so we can go through it, like I mentioned before. We're going to go through it, understanding all the principles and um, understanding our purpose and our authority in prayer, right? Jesus is not only the one who reclaimed your dominant dominion authority, but he is also our model for how we are to live in this authority. He was what we are to be. His prayer life is an example of the prayer life we are to have. You may say yes, but Jesus was different from us. He was divine, and so he had an advantage over us. When Jesus was on earth, and he is and he in a better position than we are. No, what we accomplish on earth, he accomplished in his humanity, not his divinity. Otherwise, he could not have been man's representative and substitute. As the son of man, Jesus kept a close relationship with the Father through prayer. He did what God directed him to do and what he saw God actively working to accomplish in the world. He relied on the grace and spirit of God. We can do the same. Jesus said, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. John 5, 17, um, and also 19 through 20. God loved Jesus because he was perfectly obedient and lived to fulfill God's purposes reason my father loves me to is that i laid down my life only to take it up again john 10 17. god, re, god revealed to jesus what he was doing in the world and how jesus ministry related to his overall purpose i believe that god will do the same for us as we live and work in the spirit of christ the words i say to you are not just my own rather it is the father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 
and I will do whatever you are going, whatever you ask in my name, so that so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John 14, verses 10 through 14. Jesus' prayers were effective because he had a relationship with God. He knew his purposes and prayed according to God's will, according to what God had already spoken and promised to do. We are to imitate him. More than that, we are to let his spirit and attitude rule in our lives. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 5. We are to live in the new covenant that God has granted us in Christ, which restores us to oneness with God's heart and will. This is the confidence I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in, in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Jeremiah 31 to 33. So what gives you the right to prayer? To pray. It is not only your calling in creation, but also your redemption in Christ that gives you this right. This is a solid and life-changing truth. It takes away doubt. It takes away fear. It takes away uncertainty and timidity in regard to prayer. Because Christ, because of Christ, you no longer have to feel isolated from God, unsure of where you Stand with God, unclear about what God wants to do for and through you, purposeless. Instead, you can have a relationship of love with God the Father, the certainty of your redemption in Christ, and understanding of your calling and authority in Christ, a clear idea of God's purpose for your life. God, want, God wants you to live confidently in the authority He has given you. Christ says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Matthew 18, verses 18 to 19. So are you willing? Do you want God to bring about his purposes for your life and for our fallen world? You can invite him to do so through prayer. From Genesis to Revelation, God always found a human being to help him accomplish his purposes. He comes to you now and acts in effect. Are you willing? Will you help me fulfill my purposes for your life and for the earth? Or are you contented to live an unfulfilled existence and to let the influences of sin and Satan encroach upon your world? Who is he who will devote himself to be closer to me? Jeremiah 30, 21. I pray that we will desire to be close to God, living in oneness with him and his purposes and exercising the authority he has given us through the Spirit, Christ. I'm going to say this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for never giving up on us, but for redeeming us for yourself and your purposes through Jesus Christ, the second Adam. Paul prayed in 2 Thessalonians 1.11 that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We ask you to count us worthy of, your, of our calling and to enable us to fulfill your purposes through the grace, faith, and authority we have in Christ. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Redeemer and King. Amen. 
I hope that you have agreed with me on that prayer. I hope that you have said an amen to that. And I am excited about bringing more to you, understanding the purpose of prayer and power and everything that God placed on my heart to tell you. Of course, we'll be continuing on. This is one of my longest um, session, I believe, uh, since I started this podcast on this series of understanding purpose and the power of prayer. Uh, God has placed it on my heart so deeply to continue to talk about it and I will continue to talk about it because we need to understand how important it is that we know the power we have in prayer, um, the authority we have in prayer and the things that um, we can you know, God can use us to do through the power of prayer and the relationship we're building um, with God through all of this. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for taking the time. Share this episode with someone. Share all of them, which one ever, anyone, one, two, three of them, all of them, share the podcast. I do appreciate it. Um, I will direct you to my two books. That's the first one, The Scars I Come With, and the child within they're both available wherever books are sold um and also look out for my upcoming poetry book the awakening awakening poet that should be out shortly i thank you uh for your feedback and your comments and your support support through all of these episodes and i really do hope that it has touched you it has opened your eyes and it's bringing you a little bit closer to god if you haven't if you're not already there, but I use it as a reminder to continue to stay prayed up and to continue to stay at the feet of God and um, ask for his guidance and his direction in all you do. Once again, thank you for listening to this card to your beautiful purpose. I am Derry Cox. Until next time, stay safe and stay prayed up.